Hi, everyone, and thank you for coming and joining me for the very special edition of episode 80 of the Effective Teaching Podcast. Today, I am talking about how do frameworks affect learning. And throughout this episode today, what I'm going to do is you know, I've got some my live members who are joining me for this one. And so at various points, they'll probably contribute and say stuff as we go. And I wanted to really do this. I remember doing this on Facebook Live and it was fantastic. And so I'm doing a special one again because it's 80. I figure I should celebrate 80. And so we're doing a live one. And of course, with my live one, it also means that we are giving away a whole bunch of free stuff. So what I'm going to be doing is essentially for those who are live here, my members, I'm going to be uh, raffling away a one hour consult session online with me where we'll sit down and just one-on-one have a chat about how you're going and anything that I can do to help you. Uh, But for those of you who are listening at home, I'm actually going to give away a free Teachers PD membership. So my Teachers PD membership has a lot in it. So basically what it means is a membership will give you access to all of my online courses. It'll give you access to the members-only webinars, kind of like what I'm doing right now. This is a a members-only live session today. It's going to give you access to the members-only Facebook group. Uh, It'll allow you to attend mastermind groups as well because the mastermind groups, now that COVID restrictions are reducing, I'm going to start to do more uh, just get-togethers with my members so that we can actually network face-to-face as well as online. Uh, and also my members get discounted rates to my actual workshops that I run. Uh, and normally that's about actually $150 off that they get. I don't just give you know, a $50 discount. I give a fair chunk of discount. Uh, it's almost like if you come to a workshop, you get your membership for free uh, for the year that you attend. So that's really cool. And so I'm going to give away one of these uh, memberships. Its total value is probably, I don't know, if I add that up, that's and to a bit over $2,000 worth of value that I've put into this. You guys who are listening live, you're getting, you're going to win a one hour free consulting session with me. This is actually for people who listen throughout the next two weeks. Uh, and I'm going to draw out a winner much later, but you'll find out more information about how to enter that competition right at the end of the podcast. But today we're focusing on frameworks. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about my light bulb moment that I had. So uh, I was listening to a business coach giving a presentation I'd, I'd paid to access uh, this online course with this guy called Russell Brunson. And he was presenting on how to create products and services for people. And he was talking about setting business goals for your customers and how he, he really broke this down beautifully for me in a way that suddenly everything that I was trying to do made sense for me. So bear with me for a sec while I explain this. I've been struggling for quite a while now to basically refine right, my goals for you guys, for everyone that I work with, for my members, people who listen to my podcast, people who do any of my courses uh, or who come to my workshops. I really was struggling to refine what exactly I wanted for you guys because I want you to become you know, the best teachers possible. And that's quite a broad goal. I want you to... Uh, to really help other teachers be the best teachers possible too. And I wanted to help you guys along that path. And so yeah, to do that, it means, you know, I want you, I want to help you implement your tech effectively. I want you to be able to create uh, what I call gourmet units of work, uh, units that fit together neatly, that flow really well and are engaging for your students. Uh, I also 
want you to know how to help your students become lifelong learners. That's the, the whole podcasting really focuses on that normally. Uh, I want to help you learn to manage your classrooms, to develop rapport with your students, and even learn how to look after yourselves and other teachers as you go through the busy life of being a teacher. Uh, but the problem with business is that they constantly, every business book that I've read has told me that I need to niche down, right, which basically means I'm meant to keep refining who my target market is, right, who, who the people are I'm trying to help and what I'm trying to get them to achieve, like what's, what's the end goal. And so, you know, there's people out there that are just like, you know, we provide project-based learning and they're just all about project-based learning and that's their niche. And there's others that focus on flipped learning and that's their niche. You know, there's other providers who just focus on PDHPE, which is my subject area, uh, and that's their niche. But I didn't want to do that. My whole, I've been wrestling with it the whole time. I really wanted to do, because I believe quality teaching actually is very much the same. What a teacher does to be a great teacher is very much the same, regardless of who you're teaching or what you're teaching. I know there are slight nuances within that, but I think the general essence of what it is to be a quality teacher is actually quite similar across the board. Uh, and so I didn't want to do this niching down, but then uh, I was listening to this guy, Russell Brunson, and he talked about how I can have this big goal, right? That's very broad for everyone. But this, this big goal is built on what he called core frameworks. And basically, there are a few core aspects of teaching that when combined make a great teacher. So for me, I knew this is things like you know, knowing how to create your programs, how to manage a classroom, how to develop our craft, and how to look after ourselves. He then went on to talk about the next level under this and how each core framework is also built upon other frameworks. And so creating gourmet programs has a number of frameworks, such as you know, I have a four-step framework that I use for creating gourmet units. There's also another uh, framework that's required for you know, being a great programmer, and that's about knowing how students learn. And so these can be broken down further again into more detailed frameworks. So my four steps for creating a gourmet unit, my first step for that is you know, where are we going? And in here, I have frameworks to create that larger framework as well in the sense of I will talk about how to set learning goals, how to create success criteria, and how to create exemplars or good examples so that your students know, you know not just where they're going but what it looks like when they get there and how to check and make sure that they've gotten there. Right? So that lots of other little mini frameworks. And just having the frameworks constantly breaking out, right, it then becomes easy for me, like as I'm presenting and talking about these things, if I'm learning the frameworks, it actually pieces things together easily. And so even when people interrupt me uh, while I'm presenting something, I can easily know what I'm doing next because I'm actually at whatever step in the framework that I'm up to. Uh, and it might be that I'm talking about a particular framework within a larger, broader framework. So I might be talking about you know, my step one, where are we going in my four steps to creating gourmet units type framework. But Having that just enabled us to remember stuff and to provide things uh, more clearly as well. And so this really was a hard moment for me in terms of you know, what I'm doing with Teachers PD in general, with the podcast uh, and all the services that I provide to really think, okay, I've got a big goal and I can actually focus on my core frameworks and those types of things and build out from there. And so that was really cool for me. But what I want to do tonight is actually look more closely at education and frameworks because I've also seen frameworks come up in all of my readings, particularly as I read stuff about how students learn. 
So if we go back to yeah, frameworks, I want to start by asking you, what is a framework, right? So a framework is when we put something we do or we need to remember into a basic structure, okay? Uh, so this framework could be you know, a sequence of things that are happening or it could be just like a, a mnemonic or something like that. So, for example, using peel or petal for your paragraph structure, that is a framework that we use for creating paragraphs. Now, all my four-step system for creating a unit of work, you know, where are we going, why are we going there, how do we know we, uh, we got there, and then how do we best take our students there, that, that framework is, that's a, that those four steps are a framework for how to create these great units. And so when it comes to education, our brains actually use frameworks to store information. As I, in my readings about how learning works and how we store things into long-term memory, frameworks is essentially how we do this. And so providing students with these frameworks, uh, it's going to help them to learn. So memory itself, in a lot of the books, so I particularly enjoyed reading Hattie and Yates's book about how we learn. So it's uh, visible learning and the science of how we learn or something like that. And I really enjoyed seeing all the different aspects of how knowledge is actually constructed and how it works. But it was very clear that knowledge is constructed, right? It's this process where we'll put up the, kind of like building a house, you're going to put up the frame, put the foundations down, sorry, first, then put the framework up, but then everything hangs off that framework. You're then going to put your walls, your ceilings, uh, your roof, everything. You're going to really fit out the house. And that's, what we're doing with our education. If we can actually provide the frameworks, then as the students learn, you're, you're helping them to make those connections and to construct the knowledge in their brain as they learn it. So our students need to be focused, for example, to learn. Uh, they need to understand how what they are learning connects with things they already know. And the more connections that you can build, the easier it is to store and recall the information. In fact, recently I was listening to a um, a webinar that was all about how we learn and relating to understanding by design and stuff like that. But in that in that webinar, there was a lady, Judy Willis, Dr. Judy Willis, who was, she's a neurologist, I think is what she was. So she was talking actually about even just the hardware of our brains and pointing out the fact that memory itself is not a single neuron, right? When we get a new idea, it's not just stored in one brain cell, right? It's stored in lots of neurons that are connected to each other. And the more connections that the memory has, the easier it is for us to maintain it in our long-term memory, the easier it is for us to recall it. And it really enables us to learn things better if we can purposely make these connections. And for me, I think Frameworks does that because by creating the framework, you're creating a process by which there are already small connections that are made. And then you will link that smaller framework into a larger one, right? So if I'm teaching the paragraph structure or seal or, or pedal or whatever it is that you happen to use, I will teach that as well inside the framework of how to write an essay, uh, where you have an introduction, your body, which will have a minimum of three paragraphs, right? And then a conclusion at the end. And that framework, yeah, there's frameworks within frameworks, which enables us to be more effective in what we're doing, particularly with skills, but also when it comes to knowledge. So ideas and concepts right, are stored as we create frameworks and as we create connections that make sense, right? So 
These can be stringing things together, such as phone numbers. Uh, so any of us over the age of 30 probably can remember our old phone number. I know I can still remember my parents' phone number. I can remember my girlfriend's phone numbers from high school. I can remember my mobile number, still mostly from heart. Right? I can remember those phone numbers, even though I haven't used them, haven't had to recall them. Although sometimes I, when I call my parents, I do still just type in the numbers because it's faster than looking for their names sometimes. But our brain is designed to work that way, to have things that are strung together, enabling us to remember them better. Uh, another way is where we, when we are constructing what's called schemata or schemata, I don't know how to pronounce that particularly, but uh, and this is basically when you group ideas together. So it's particularly applicable to big picture ideas or concepts. And so we all expect, you know, all countries will have a capital city uh, and we know that Anything that moves is called a vehicle, whether it's a cup with your tea in it or if it's a car or a big truck, you know, they are vehicles that are moving things around. And so that schemata, that providing the big kind of picture, the big framework of what's going on enables better learning and it's how we construct uh, our memory. Other ways are that we can create models. So this is where we start to think of different versions of reality that are possible and so we can imagine and we can visualize things such as you know, if the sun shrinks, what are the effects going to be on the earth? And so we can actually imagine and think through that. And that partly we can do that because we have schemata, right? We understand that there's a big picture to the earth. There's a big, massive ecosystem and it's made up of lots of smaller ecosystems. But if the sun shrinks, that's providing our heat. And so therefore we'll have less heat. And then that's going to mean that there's more less water. It's going to freeze. We're going to need to do more things to to create fire and warmth and stuff around the earth to keep us alive. And so there's lots of things that are going to, that we can imagine throughout that process. And that's, that's the idea of creating models and even being able to, you know, an architect will design a, a MIDI model model of a house before they build the real one. And then the other one is procedural knowledge. And this is when you produce the correct series of responses to a stimulus. And I think, uh, you know, uh, Sharon, who's with us live, was just saying that she was doing her CPR training again at school today, and that is a framework, right? Uh, doctor's ABCD is a framework, and it's a procedural framework that helps us to remember what we're meant to do when there's danger, right? We have our danger, response, send someone to get help, check the airways, check for breathing, do your CPR, right, and then do a defibrillator if you need it, okay? Uh, there's also the act of... Yeah, knowing how to act in school compared to how you act in the pub, that's also a procedural thing because in school, it's a more formal setting. You know, if you're at um, some you know, private schools, you'll have to wear a shirt and a tie and the way that you speak and respond to things is almost, is very procedural compared to if you're at the pub with your friends uh, and you're enjoying a few drinks, very different and that you understand that the procedures are different because of where you're at. But these are all frameworks, right? These things are all frameworks. And if we can identify a framework in the learning process, students will learn it better. So a whole bunch of examples here of how to provide some frameworks for you. So number one, you can provide an overview. So before you start a new topic or a new idea, give the students the big picture, okay, of what they're about to learn. It will help the students to know where things are going and how they actually come back together as well. So they'll, they'll already understand where to peg things in as they're learning this big, uh, this new content uh, because they've already been given the big picture. Uh, when we use things like mnemonics, 
So if we include things, you know, that's song, rhyme, acronyms, it can be images, it can be phrases, it can even be sentences uh, that enable us to really remember things that are seemingly not connected to things, but by connecting it through rhyme and song and stuff, you're, you're causing other connections in your neurons, in your brain, uh, and creating new uh, or different frameworks that can be useful for when you need to recall that information. Other ways that we can create frameworks is when we chunk information together that is related. So if you, you know, like I was saying about writing, you know, if you chunk information about how to write a sentence with how to write a paragraph into with how to write an essay, you know, you're chunking information then that's relevant for your students as they write that. Or you, know, you could choose not to do an essay. You could choose to just do some kind of persuasive writing, which generally follows from very essay-like process. And you can still have your students getting that from uh, what they're learning in that sense of chunking information together. Now, there's also an element too where we need to make sure that we have our students, that students have got other frameworks already stored away before you build on them. And so, yeah, even with the writing one, if they don't understand their sounds, their letters, how to write words and all that kind of stuff, like they're all other frameworks that you're building on to then create sentences and stuff. And so, there is a process within that of chunking information and creating that framework, right? What's the point of learning how to read? If you start with your you know, kindergarten student who comes in and you start by just going, yeah, this symbol sound, it makes the sound A, but they've got no idea what a book is or how you use words to communicate, then there's not much point to it and it's not connected to other things. Whereas if they've had lots of books read to them, they have all these other frameworks that have been connected, set up, where they see that words are really powerful in communication and worth learning how to read and write and that kind of stuff. Number four here says that we provide processes and procedures for skills as well. So that, yeah, that's your essay type thing. So provide your intro, your body with three paragraphs, your conclusion. Uh, number five here is about providing work examples because this is showcasing what a framework's going to look like at the end. Uh, so. If you are looking at how to solve a problem, for example, you might provide a framework for how to do that. And you just kind of go through the procedure and show a worked example with them. And it's particularly valuable in things like maths or when they're learning to write paragraphs and that kind of stuff. If you actually walk them through that process and show it to them, it helps them to understand the framework better. And then they go and apply that framework themselves to new problems. And then number six, scaffolding, which I think is probably the most obvious framework that we use. So providing scaffolds for students can really work well to provide them with a framework to complete the task or to read or to summarise information. So even when we ask kids, if we give them a set of questions to answer as they read a chunk of information, even if that's just comprehension, that is a framework that we're giving our students to use as they do their readings. And that can help them to remember what they've read and recall the key pieces of information that they need and help them to even decide what the framework is that they're going to pull out of that content for storing it away. So it helps them to know what to look for and also is important in terms of trying to work out how things fit together. And, you know, alarm, the alarm matrix, right, is, is another system for that. And if you haven't heard of the alarm matrix, please just come over to the show notes at teacherspd.net slash 80 and I'll, I'll make sure there's something on there that just tells you what alarm is or a link to where you can find out more about alarm so i've actually now started to look for frameworks in everything in my content in my ideas in processes that i'm doing everywhere everywhere i go i am looking for frameworks and so at this point what i'd like to do is 
to see if my live listeners here want to join me and just share a little bit about any other frameworks that they think they can see or that they can utilize or they can see how they can apply this in their classrooms. Yeah, so I'm Tanya Led for some reason. It's got Sophia up there, Dan, <laughs> um, who's my daughter. During COVID, we created templates for classroom and those templates enabled them to step through the working um, responses and um, we did and also like a form of alarm where we move, if we asked them to analyse, we wanted them to describe first and like the alarm process. So those templates meant that for most of the students, they could complete it. You know, some of them give up. Well, I'm not writing that. I will fill in a template, even if it's one sentence. So I found everyone achieved it. Others yeah. didn't like the template. They were happy to write and send me. So I'm differentiating for the ones who didn't want to do that. Yeah. And I think it's important too that you know, while we can provide these frameworks and templates, it is important for students who already have their own frameworks that they're applying to actually let them do that too because it'll be better for them if they've already got that. Well, that actually brings us to the end of episode 80. And if you are keen to get the show notes, please head over to teacherspd.net slash 80. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and make sure that you subscribe uh, and come back next week when I'll be actually talking to my good friend, Eleni Kuritsis. Uh, she was one of my mentors for a little while. Uh, she's going to come and talk all about feedback and how a new and exciting Chrome extension can actually help you to do this really well. As I said earlier, I am giving away a Teachers PD membership with this episode to celebrate episode 80. And so I really want one of the people listening to head over to the show notes page. I want you to subscribe. That's the way you're going to actually enter into the draw to win yourself that Teachers PD membership. Uh, so subscribe to get my emails. They're just notifying you about upcoming episodes uh, and events that we put on here at Teachers PD. So please do this even if you have already subscribed as it will let me know that you are listening and keen to get yourself in for the free membership. So it's only people who have filled in the form on episode 80 who will get the chance to win this uh, membership. So a reminder, the membership includes access to all the online courses, which is over $1,000 worth of courses in there. Uh, access to the members-only webinars, such as this one, which is valued at about $500 because I do these at least once a month. Uh, to access the members-only Facebook, you can attend our mastermind groups, that our live coming together. Now that COVID's going away, I've got to schedule in a few of those. Uh, that's valued about $800 because I'm hoping to do probably four of those throughout the year at the end of each term and particularly at the end of the year to celebrate the end of the year. Uh, and also give you discounted rates on our face-to-face -face workshops. So make sure that you head over to teacherspd.net slash 80, subscribe there in the little pop-up and you will enter the draw to win. If uh, I'll also be, uh, I will be announcing the winner on Friday the 7th of May at 3 p.m. on Instagram and Facebook. So make sure you're also following me there. If you haven't, my handle for Instagram is at TPD or you can find Teachers PD on Facebook just by searching for it. So thank you guys very much for listening and I look forward to having you come back next week and to giving away a free Teachers PD membership. Thanks, Dan. That was great.